Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. We've got a great episode coming up for you in just a second. But first, who else? we got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports wagering options with up-to-minute stats, new scores, and matchup breakdowns. They get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and even college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates and statistics, news, and odds. From all the way to the college playoff to the Super Bowl, they're the number one spot to get your best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So what are you waiting for? Get on the website right now. Use your mobile device. Sign up. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But that is only when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that 50% off that first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little general NFL. We're going to talk a little bit Bears in the second half of the pod. But first, let's bring in my co-host. He's a man who wears many hats. He's Fox 32's very own, CHGO's very own, West End Golf Club's very own. Former Bears defensive end, former Bears, North, former Northwestern standout, <laughs> and now home home craftsman himself. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's going on, Joey? You make me feel like a million bucks with this intro. I'll tell you what, every time, man, it just brings a smile to my face. No matter what went on in the day, you know, I just need to talk to you every day, you know? So that, that way I'll just feel great about myself. <laughs> What's you got to put, uh, put me – I'm doing good, man. I put you on as a ringtone, right? Just so when you need it at that moment. I'm like that YouTube. I'm like that YouTube thing that they're running now when they do that 45 seconds of Zen. That's what yep. you got to do, Corey. Just put it on. I just go West End Golf Club. Yeah. Big, big hidden driver dropping bombs down the fairway. <laughs> Corey Wooten himself. Um, yep. Man, yep. Corey. Corey, it's great. It's great to see you, man. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are going to talk about the Chicago Bears in the second half. But look, look, let's not kick a dead horse here, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much that we can get angry about, and there's only so much that my heart can continue to fracture about our Bears organization. Um, but first, man, I want to talk to you about some general NFL stuff. And some of this stuff, I think, does have parallel to the Chicago Bears, be it not right now, but maybe what we want in the future. Um, so I want to hit you with this one first. Um, really interesting weekend in the NFC. Um, I think we've got some injury issues going on with the 49ers. Look, the Eagles took their first loss of the season. Um, they look pretty damn good, but I don't think they're quite running at the same level that they were last year. So my question for you is, let's get hot takey for a second. Is it fair to maybe say that the Detroit Lions right now are the best team in the NFC? I think you can make that argument for sure. I don't. I don't know yeah. for sure, right? Because San Francisco, this was one game for them. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say they are playing the most consistent football, right? It's it's not always the prettiest game here or there, but when they need to make plays, they do. They play great defense. Um, Jared Goff's not turning the football over. So even like that th- this past week, right? The score doesn't woo or wow you like some of these San Francisco games, but I think that's the recipe for how you consistently win games, right? Is you limit your turnovers, you play great defense, and you make plays when you need to. And that's what Detroit has been able to do. And it's awesome to see because for so long, Detroit was pretty much the laughing stock of the league. You know, to, to be honest with you, right? They're, they're a team that went 0-16 one year, um, consistently after drafts, uh, struggling to get things going. Uh, they were kind of living off the um, Barry Sanders days, the Megatron um, so it's great to see what Dan Campbell has been able to do for this team, because I don't know if you remember, Joey, when he first came in there, I think he rubbed some people on the team the wrong way. And then 
all of a sudden they felt like he was he really had their back and then all of a sudden they bought into it so at first there was some pushback about how he was coaching the team is it too much all this rah-rah stuff but it seems like now guys are really buying into it in the plan and it's awesome to see Detroit really be a competitor over there how they finished last season they were arguably the hottest team the past six weeks of the season like how they were playing consistently um and we talk about this for the Bears. Uh, look how they built their team, right, with, with two book tackles, right? Um, you know, with Seal and Eric – is it Decker or Taylor Decker, right? Taylor Decker, the yeah, tackle. the vet. Taylor yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. So first-round pick as well, Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. So they've really revamped both sides of the line. I think that's the recipe for success. And you talk about another team that that has really played some great defense. How about those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Right, Fireman Ed leading, leading. He's 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 actually from my hometown in Rutherford, so we used to see we see him at the at the local bar a little bit, you know, uh, over the years. But uh, Jets have played awesome defense, right? Salah's got them playing some football because everyone thought they didn't have a chance with Aaron Rodgers being out. Zach Wilson has been he's looked good at times. He's been up and down, right? Um, but I think this defense, look what they did to Patrick Mahomes, right? They made him look like a normal quarterback, right? He struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, look what they did to Jalen Hurts. It's been impressive to see how the Jets have rallied defensively. Uh, great defensive line, the Williams brothers and company. It's been fun to see uh, the Jets play well and then be consistent. I know there were there were talks that they were thinking about maybe trading for Kirk Cousins, but he has that no trade clause because um, I, I know they're trying to make a push, right? Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's walking already after surgery a week or two afterwards, which is unreal. They're talking about him talk saying he might come back for playoffs. I was like, what? There's been some whisperings. I that that would be unreal if he could do that. But the only thing at the I same mean, time, Joe, you. Yeah, I was just say, Corey, man, like you, you, you love diving into to the science and the body. I mean, are are you are you buying that? I mean, we're gonna start seeing pictures of him like tossing and throwing on the field but i mean coming back from an achilles in the same season i mean dude i grew up in the era when dominique wilkins blew out his achilles his career was over i mean i understand we've come a long way science wise but are are you buying that right now can that is that possible i'm i'm not i'm not buying that um just because i feel like for what he's trying to do right he's trying to finish his career strong so i feel like a full year of rest you're ready to go for OTAs, training camp. Um, if he comes back too early, he's setting him, himself up for failure. It's, it's not like another injury where I've seen sometimes where people come come back from a torn pec tendon in four months. That's different than this, right? This is Achilles. Yeah. And as you get older, your recovery time is less. It, it's already been amazing to see how he's recovered. But I think for the future of his career, he wants, he wants to finish out with a bang. He wants to try to make a Super Bowl run. I think this would be foolish of him to come back too early um, just with the Achilles. It's, it's a sensitive thing. As you get older, you don't recover the same. And I would just like for him to get a full year of recovery, come back, hit the ground running and be ready to go. Not even thinking about the Achilles. If he comes back in January, for sure, he's going to be limited. He's going to be thinking about it. Um, but it would be impressive to say the least, if he can do that, if he can come back in January, if they if they are on a playoff run and lead them, on a good playoff run and play well, Joey, I think that would be the most miraculous uh, NFL recovery story. I think we've seen since Adrian Peterson coming off that ACL eight months later, rushing for over 2000 yards. 
So Aaron Rodgers, mentally up here, man, he's a different breed. Um, I know he's doing probably all these experimental treatments and and, and whatnot. <laughs> you know how he was when he got COVID, <laughs> man. He's taking he's taking the horse uh, dewormer and all this other stuff. So there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's that. trying he's trying everything <laughs> legally that that's not banned or whatnot to, to try to get himself right. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be for for a Jets franchise that I think. Uh, has dealt with its fair share of curses um, to have something like a miracle uh, and have Aaron Rodgers come back and play. I mean, I, 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 I want to root for that for the Jets franchise, but then to be very fair, if they make the playoffs with Zach Wilson, I mean, I understand that there's a ceiling there. I mean, there is a bit of an awkwardness that is eventually going to have to seep into the offensive side of the ball, but I guess the Jets have already been dealing with that for years, right? I mean, it's all been defense, defense, defense rolling over to the AFC really quick. You got me thinking now, so you got the Jets at three and three. You get the Bengals, they crawled back to three and three. Um, you know, there's only two wildcard teams that are gonna make it. And uh, and honestly, if you look at this AFC West right now, I don't think there's another wildcard team coming out of there. Uh, if you look at the AFC South, I think the Texans are a great story, but I'm not really buying it. So, man, you're starting to say, you know, Jets, Dolphins, Bengals, Steelers right now. Um, out of those four teams right now, which one do you think has the staying power, the talent? And, and which of those right now do you think? Because I think the Dolphins and the Bill, I mean, I think those two teams are yeah. going to the playoffs. So who's that second wild card for you right now, maybe out of those four teams? Yeah, uh, I would say the Bengals, right? I feel like they always find a way to get it done. Like Joe Burrow, um, he always starts the season like kind of eh, and then all of a sudden yeah. he, he picks up some steam. So I think that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, Josh Allen has done that in years, right, where he's had a couple of very uncharacteristic weeks. And then all of a sudden he bounces back. So I think we'll see the same thing with Cincinnati. They've been playing some really good defense as well. So I think it's going to take the pressure off Joe Burrow and them. Jamar Chase and company, I think they're going to start to heat up. And that's what we've seen the past couple of weeks. So I'm never counting uh, the Bengals out, uh, even if Joe Burrow has a couple of bad games. Because I think he has it up there mentally to be able to bounce back, right the ship. And that's kind of what they've done the past couple of years. They've been consistently in the playoffs vying for that Super Bowl. So I, I like my odds uh, for the Bengals. At the same time, too, Jacksonville, right? They're, they're bouncing back after some bad performances. So they're another team in the AFC. I, I think it makes some headway. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is starting to get more consistent. They're playing better defense. So I'd like to see, you know, towards the end of the season, right? Because right now it's still the beginning. It's still we're going to see what teams peak, right? The thing is you can't peak too early, right? It's about peaking at the right time. And it seems like Kansas City kind of, does that every year, right? When they're like, eh, up and down here and there. I can suggest they didn't look so good against this team. And then all of a sudden they hit their stride, right, when they need to. And that's mm. that's the mark of good coaching, right? You're peaking at the right time. You're, you're firing on all cylinders. The people that need to get healthy are getting healthy. And, um, yeah, I, I think for the front runner for, for the Super Bowl this year, you know, I, I got Kansas City again. You know, I think, I think they're – they're a team that even after a bad performance, they can bounce back. And especially when it comes down to playoff football, they play very consistent. So I, I like their odds, especially in the AFC and in the NFC right now, my favorite is got to be the 49ers. I know they're coming off a bad performance, but I think their body of work, how consistent they are defensively. And even, even in this past game, they played well defensively, right? PJ Walker, uh, he gets, he gets credit for the win, but they forced two, two picks on them. They had some sacks, so San Francisco, to me, I think is, is the front runner in the NFC. So I think that would be a good matchup. And defense wins championships, Joey. This is something that, 
you know, we've talked about a bunch. I think I think the defensive line is so critical and offensive line as well to a team's success, right? And you look at what San Francisco, what the Eagles have done defensively. Eagles had, you know, four guys with, with double-digit sacks last year, which is unheard of, right? Um, and I think San Francisco is getting that same thing. They added Randy Gregory to the repertoire of talented defensive linemen already. I mean, the Bears, we could use some of those guys for sure. And I think this year for the Bears, it's a huge offseason, right? We, I, we've been saying this every year with polls. But he, he he left the defensive line out to dry the past two seasons, right? So when people are talking about what to do potentially at the end of the season, you have to get the defensive line and offensive line situated. That's how you build franchise around. That's that's how you that's how you protect the quarterback. That's that's how that's the recipe for success of how to win games and contend each year. You mean you don't move your left guard over to play center? And then you then <laughs> tell me, so you're telling me that, <laughs> um, yeah, oh like, let's, uh, let's, let's go, let's go over to the bears here for a little bit. I was, you know, we're not going to be able to talk about your one and five giants. We can't talk about our one and five bears right now, uh, but we're going to try. Um, yeah, Corey, uh, I, I, my question for you is, you know, if you're in that locker room right now, I think that the defense, is it fair to say that the defense has more to maybe gain right now, more to prove if we're talking about the long-term look of this franchise right now than maybe the offense at this point? And maybe not just because it's Tyson Bajan, but all of a sudden, you know, I don't know. What have you seen from Jervon Dexter these last couple weeks? Do you like what you're seeing from him? You know, what are you seeing now that maybe that the secondary is getting a little bit healthier? I'm just looking for building blocks right here. Do you yeah. think that there's some more building blocks that we can build on the next couple of weeks offensively or defensively? Yeah, I think the past two weeks in general, the defense has, has played well, right? I think the defensive line, you know, to be able to generate some pressure in that Washington game was huge, right? They had four sacks as a defense, something that we just don't see very often. So it was good to have pressure. There were still lulls at times during the, the straight four-man rushes where the QBs had all day. But I think what we're seeing is Matt Eberflew starting to dial up blitz packages, right? Because that's what's really working for this defense when you're bringing a guy like Sanborn, some of the defensive backs off the edge, and maybe another linebacker here or there. Because pressure forced some Aaron throws. And you look at when they when they brought pressure on Kirk Cousins, that one uh, screen pass that TJ Edwards should have recovered. It was close, mm -hmm. close. But that pressure created that throw. And that's what you're seeing with Flores was doing to the Bears, Justin Fields and Bajit. He was bringing the house on them. And there were some errant throws here and there, especially in particular that last interception that Bajit threw. That was – that was they. he brought the house. He brought eight, nine guys. So my, my thing is like this. Defensively, you got to continue to bring the pressure. And I think Iberflus has learned that. They played pretty well defensively. To hold a team to 19 points, that's a win all day. Uh, going forward, you know, I, I, I like what I've seen from Dexter, right? He's flashed for sure. Um, the get off is still something that I need to see a little bit more. And he's coming from a read and react scheme at Florida, right? Where he oozed off the ball. He relied on his size and his athleticism and he made some really good plays. But I think when he can fully trust that get off and really focus on his pad level, because he's a tall guy, six, 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 six and a half, three, 15, three, 20. A guy that, that is as quick as him and is as strong as him will be a force over there when he works on that pad level and get off, like I said. So 
If we can consistently see that, because right now he's making plays just off his natural size and and, and strength and, and speed. But once you can get the technique down, the pad level, he's going to be a force, Joey, because think about somebody that's that big getting off that has a, a really quick burst with those long arms on a guard. That That's a nightmare matchup yeah. for guards. Like anytime I talk to a guard, my fourth year uh, – when I, when I switched to D tackle because Henry Melton and Stephen Pye got hurt. Um, that was that was what they always complained about when I went against them, my arm length, right? That is such an advantage, being a taller guy, right? But at the same time, the disadvantage is the pad level. So a guy like Aaron Donald uh, you know, has that advantage because he's got that built-in leverage. He's, he's lower to the ground. So it's something that Dexter's always going to have to fight and, and be able to – but if he can trust that, I really think he will be a force in there, and it'll, it'll it'll be a, a thing of beauty to watch. So we got Tyson Bajan under center against the Raiders. Honestly, the Raiders don't know who their quarterback is going to be either, so it's going to be an interesting game. Um, Corey, I want to ask you. Um, this is my final one. If you got anything else after this, please bring it to the table. But my big one for you right now is I think that the Bears are going to have to again make another decision about what they're going to do in the next couple of weeks regarding their roster. Um, so my question for you is, if you are Ryan Poles right now and you're looking at the landscape, are you someone that is picking up the phone and maybe trying to see what you can get for an Eddie Jackson on the trade market, see what you can get for a guy like Jalen Johnson on the trade market, even a guy like Darnell Mooney right now? Are we at this point? Do you think that is a healthy thing for the state of the franchise? I mean, it's tough, right? You want to balance the right now versus the broader picture. Draft capital is great, but if you're sitting in Ryan Polsey right now, are you making some of those calls and seeing what you can get on some of these guys that may not be with the Bears long term? I, I think so. I, th- I think you have to, right? You have to get this franchise where it needs to be, and there's going to be some big decisions. So at this point, un- unless there's some miraculous turn of events, the Bears don't look like they're making the playoffs this year, right? Unless you know they go on a winning streak, uh, streak and and everything kind of kind of falls into place. But I highly doubt that, right? They've been too inconsistent uh, across offense, defense, special teams. So I I find that hard to believe. So if I'm polls, I'm trying to navigate within reason, right? I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not trading anybody that's an important part of this team. But if there's somebody that Mm -hmm. maybe hasn't been producing like we needed need him to, um, like an Eddie Jackson, right? That's that's maybe fell off a a little bit. um, That that has a high price tag. See what you can get for him. Um, I think at this point. Um, it could be an option, right? He's been banged up a lot across the past couple of years. Uh, he's been up and down with his performance. Um, people have been really critical of, of his play, and I think it's justified. At times, we see him bad angles, uh, not going in there, sticking his head in there, making a play, um, kind of whiffing on tackle. So I definitely think there's there'll be some teams attracted to Eddie Jackson just because of his playmaking abilities. But for me, if I'm the Bears – I think it might be time to start looking um, for, for some trade value uh, to see what you can do and, and set yourself up for next year. Well, the the biggest question that I think Ryan Poles has to ask himself right now, which is why we bring up Eddie Jackson, is if Ryan Poles is sitting there and he's like, I want the Bears to be in the playoffs in 2025, two seasons down the road. Is Eddie Jackson on that team? The answer is probably not. So if he's probably not going to be on that team that you envision in a couple of years, then you may probably need to try and find whatever value for it that you can now. And when we go back to a team like the Detroit Lions, I mean, those guys, they built through the draft um, with that capital. And that's how they were able to 
honestly get the depth and the talent. You have to get it right. You have to draft correctly and get the talent. Um, but that's a big part of why the reason why the Lions are, are feeling good about themselves at five and one right now. A team that was one in six last year, Corey. But let's be honest, yep. this is apples and oranges right now. Different coaching staff, different level of talent. Um, I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that at the Chicago Bears. Um, you got anything else for us? Anything on your mind, yeah. Bears-wise, Justin just Fields-wise, anything? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do as far as you, you talked to – you brought up a good point about uh, drafting talent, right? And I think the difference between certain teams, everyone's talented, right, for the most part, that's getting drafted in a specific position, right? I think I think each team would be like, oh, if, if they fell a spot later, I would have picked them. It's about how you develop that talent, Joey, and, and that's the art of the NFL. There are some teams that do that really well. You look at – what Philly has been able to do uh, in, in the past five to, to eight years, right? Really develop their talent well. What Kansas City has done with Andy Reid. For years, what Bill Belichick would do with what people would argue is guys that were tossed around the league. They said, no, he's no good here. He can't play here. He's not fast enough. He's not strong enough. And then he's been able to develop them like a guy like Rob Ninkovich. I, I bring up that example all the time. Because he's a guy that kept getting cut by teams saying he's not fast enough. He's not big enough to be this. Then he goes to the Patriots and he's in the ring of honor right now. What well, arguably one of the most integral parts of that defense with Matt Patricia and company when they were winning Super Bowls. So I think the mm -hmm. mark of a good team and what the Bears need to do is develop their talent. Well, like Green Bay has done that for years, right? It seemed like everybody they were drafting, you know, would develop into a really good player. You know whether whether they retain them or not, they go on somewhere else and then still become still still uh, do well out there. So I think that's the key for the Bears going forward is they're drafting talent, but even the Justin Fields situation, like with play calling and, and being able to develop him, I think they've done him a disservice for sure. And I think some other positions as well, we've seen them miss the mark on certain draft picks. And I don't think that's all on the draft picks' fault. It's about the coaches. And, and how they develop that talent. Um, and that's not created equal. So sometimes like, you know, Caleb Williams, I know his father has been very critical about, oh, I don't want him to get drafted to Arizona or Chicago. And it is a real thing. Like the way certain franchises run things, there's a reason why they haven't been good in years of late. And it, it all correlates. So I'm hoping that Bears can be better with the development of talent. I think that's that's the biggest thing I want to see. In the in in the next year, two years, because that that makes the difference between the teams that contend every year is how they develop talent. Look what Kansas City has done with Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick, mm -hmm. right? And he's he's been able to really flourish in his role because they have a role for everyone. They have they have his role. They have Jarek McKinnon's role. That's that's how Kansas City they think of it differently than than a lot of other teams do. And I'm I'm hoping the Bears like even Foreman, right? We've had Foreman on the bench a guy that's talented and can play and he goes out there and averages five yards a pop uh, in yeah. his first game out there. So I just, I just kind of don't understand certain things. Um, but I think I, I, I'm just hoping that the bears will be better as that being able to utilize people's strengths and play into the talent. And Corey, real quick, I want you to weigh in on this because man, you're bringing up such a great point where, you know, unfortunately, when you say stuff like this, I kind of immediately go back to Jalen Carter. Um, I don't mean to drill in on him as a specific example, but this goes back to exactly what you're talking about. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the Chicago media that I respect so deeply that would go out there and they would say, look, 
the Bears don't have the infrastructure uh, or the veterans or the guys in the locker room or whatever on their team to bring in a guy like Jalen Carter. I totally understand that point, but it also lends itself to say, well, do we have the infrastructure to bring in good talent, right? Uh, when you talk about Justin Fields, um, I think it swings both ways a little bit about how, well, well, do we have the right mix of guys? Do we have the right type of coaching staff to bring in these players um, that maybe aren't a straight line off the beaten path or maybe a guy like Justin Fields where you need to develop him and encourage the ceiling of his talent? It's not just going to be ready-made on a plate ready for you to eat. Do we have that? And when people say, and I think that they're right, when people say that we don't have the infrastructure, I'm not saying that they're incorrect. I'm saying that it belies to a bigger problem with the organization. And look, I don't even know if we can say ownership because Corey, I think you played during regime when they were drafting guys, they'd still drafted Charles Tillman, Lance Briggs, Brian Erlocker. You know, they were bringing and finding gems like Israel Adonage. They were putting you in Henry the right Milton. situation to have Henry Melton right success. I mean, so don't tell me that this is a McCaskey issue. It's a McCaskey issue because they hire the wrong guys. And when you say oh, yeah. that you don't have the infrastructure to bring in talent because of a personality issue or man he's just got to reach his ceiling i think that swings both ways to the good and the bad and when you say the bears can't draft jalen carter it's the same infrastructure that can't develop justin fields no i i couldn't agree with you more um when you look at it like same thing if, if the bears would have george pickens who knows how his career would be he seems to be a rising star and should have been a for sure pick uh gordon right he's been he hasn't, he hasn't played as much this year. He's been banged up a bunch. Uh, he seemed like he was turning the, the the corner this year in the preseason, but they could have got George Pickens, a, a number one receiver, right, a first-round talent that maybe had a couple off-the-field issues or concerns. And look how He's kind of a weird guy. He, he, he's yeah. kind of a weird guy. He loves anime. He wears masks and stuff. Yeah. He's not a normal NFL player. You know? Exactly, but he makes plays. And he seemed to gel yeah. well with that Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett. That's his security blanket right there. So that would that would have been a good pick right there. Um, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate to see um, just just with the Bears sometimes about them, their evaluation, and you know, right? I think he's going to be a good player, but Jalen Carter, right? Could, the way he's playing right now, Joey, he had I think through last week before um, before anything. Um, before he got injured, right? He had, I think, 20 pressures this season himself, and the Bears had 22 as a team. So I think that's very telling of, of the type of talent he is. So it you could have went either way. I'm okay with the with the with the right pick. Um, but a three technique right now would be be very good. But I understand the logic behind it because you're trying to build around Justin Fields and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. it would be nice to have a nice three technique, especially in this Tampa too where they're struggling to generate pressure. He does seem probably like the best pick in the draft, with the exception of C.J. Stroud, the way he's been playing. Um, but, yeah, the impact he's made, and especially on a team that already has a lot of impact players and Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, uh, Whiteside, uh, Sweat. So they have a lot of talent there. But Jalen Carter, he the, the, the great part about it is, Joey, that was the perfect situation for him. It would have been nice to have the Bears, but he has a lot of veteran leadership over there. Brandon no, Graham, Fletcher sure. Cox, all these guys. They're like, listen, man, they probably told him, you are a generational talent, right? You need to focus on football. You need to keep your head on straight. You need to focus. 
you have you don't want to you don't want to throw away your talent at this point because there's been so many people before him that have had so much talent but didn't work didn't do this because that, that was the big knock on Jalen Carter right he's going to give you a couple snaps here or there he's not going to play hard we've seen the opposite so I think Philly was the best situation for him um, and it does seem like. People would talk about Patrick Mahomes coming to Chicago back when we drafted Trubisky. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be what he is today. He's talented. Infrastructure. In his yes. development, that was the perfect situation yes. to sit behind Alex Smith, yes. learn the offense from Andy Reid, have a year under his belt of really understanding that offense, and came in there, hit the ground running. I think he he set the record for most touchdowns in the first few weeks of the season. Like, unbelievable. So, People that say, oh, we should have got this or that. The only the only person I believe would have done well was Deshaun Watson because I feel like he was the most NFL ready. He had the experience. He, he was the for sure quarterback that you knew was going to go in there and do everything he needed to do. Everybody else was kind of like, oh, he has a lot of potential, but we're not we're, we're not he, we're not a for sure starter day one. Deshaun Watson would have been there. And it's crazy when you think about it, just roll it back like two or three years. Um, the Bears did the right thing, taking Justin Fields. Um, they didn't move up and take Mac Jones. Um, they didn't spend crazy capital to uh, to run up and get you know Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Out of that bunch, I mean, I think they took the correct calculated gamble. And look, let's be honest, things would be a lot worse for the Bears organization if we went through the Deshaun Watson situation or if we had ponied up multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson, which was a very, very real thing a couple of years ago. So... Um. Yeah, it's difficult. And look, the 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 thing that I have is that you you know that you you've got a lot of work to do when these guys these organizations set the bar up here, um, and the Bears are still down here, and we we can't we don't have the infrastructure to bring in guys like that. And you know what's the chicken and the egg, the talent or the infrastructure? What comes first? They both grow and develop together at the same time. Bears have neither of them, um, and that's where they're sitting at, and that's why they're one and five, Corey. Exactly. Right. We, we, we see the same thing happening in the past couple of years. Um, so that's what I'm just hoping. You build the talent around the team in the right areas, the offensive, defensive line, add add another weapon at, at receiver, um, potentially get your, your left tackle of the future. I don't know if Braxton Jones is that answer, but if, if you can address that, get some pressure defensively, I think it'll make whoever the quarterback is job that much easier. So you hit the nail on the head. I think we picked the right quarterback, uh, picking Justin Fields. He He's shown the most promise. I do believe he's the most talented. I think his ceiling, um, I think he has the highest ceiling. And it's just, it's unfortunate because I think what's going to happen is he's going to recover from this injury, right? Bajit might play pretty decent in the next couple of weeks because he gets the ball out quick. He can run a system well. And I think people are going to say, you know what? Justin Fields isn't our guy of the future. and they're, they're, they're going to move on. I hope they don't do that, Joey, because I, I do believe there'd be teams lining up to get a talent like Justin Fields, and it would be a shame to waste. I think this offseason they need to focus on the offensive coordinator. I think you got to give Justin Fields one more season. You do. You do to mm. evaluate because yeah. you don't want to turn around and say, oh, let's get Caleb Williams and then not, not revamp the, the lines, both lines, and then expect a different result. It doesn't matter who's the quarterback. If you're not going to call plays well and you're not going to have good offensive defensive lines, you're not going to win games. That's just the reality of it. And that's why you see the teams that really struggle. You very you you don't see too many teams struggling with with dominant offense and defensive lines. You don't. 
Unless unless yeah. you just have no talent at the receiver or running back position. You, you, well, you hardly see that. Corey, we can't even snap the ball. So, I mean, you know, if you can't snap, you can't block. You got zero chance. I don't care who the quarterback is. We can, you know, rail on Justin Fields all we want. And Tyson Bajan, we can get all giddy about him as a glorified Chase Daniel because he gets the ball out quick. But if you can't snap, you can't block. Uh, you got zero chance. As it stands today, my hot take is that Justin Fields is an Atlanta Falcon next year. Am I happy about it? No, but that's probably where probably landing on that one at this particular time. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's a teaser for a future episode, Corey. Uh, we got to get <laughs> out of here, man. This is uh, this is a Believe in Bears episode uh, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use uh, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube on Sports Talk Chicago. Thank you for listening to us on Believe uh, on the Believe Network, wherever you get your podcast, Sirius XM. Um, Corey, my man, uh, always great to see you. Um, great insight, great perspectives. Uh, be well. Um, good luck with the home improvement uh, stuff going on, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, my man. See you next week. Another good one. Uh, hopefully the Bears have a better performance offensively and defensively, and we'll talk about some of the other hot topics around the league, winners and losers of the week, who played well, who didn't, um, and uh, it'll be another good one. Anytime there's an NFL season and another week, it's always the best, Joey. That's true. That's absolutely true. Bears aside, we are going to talk some more NFL on this show, too, as well as plenty of healthy dose of Bears. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Uh, you can bear down if you want to, but also live your life. Go get some exercise. Walk with your friends. Pick some apples. Have a great time. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.